All right, good evening, everyone. The time now is 6.14. I'm Kimberly Starks, accredited public relations practitioner and principal consultant of the specialist communications firm, Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. This evening, you all are in for a treat. I know I say that every week. <laughs> However, it is not often that we have women in the room, and so I am so super excited to <laughs> introduce you to Crystal York, who is the founder and executive director of The Bridge Solution. And we have Tamika Ray Head, who is the founder and executive director of Pink Stem Inc. So ladies, I wanna thank you and welcome you into our space at 102.6 The Situation on the campus of Morris Brown. So happy to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here, Kim. Yes. And let me just say, as we start out this conversation, Crystal had our sons here. And so we took uh, her sons over to the eSports Center mm -hmm. and Crystal went off to change. And so I said, okay, guys, when you are ready for your mom, you can come back over to the situation. They're like, no, no, we're good. We're good in the eSports <laughs> right. Center. So <laughs> they are having fun the over e there. The eSports Center is nice. Yes. yes, it is. It is. Yes. So I can't wait to make more introductions um, because tonight we're talking about rich in agriculture, ripe in technology, getting more women in STEM. And this is an important conversation because there aren't enough women in STEM. So I'm so happy that you all are here so that we can dive into this conversation. But before we do, I want to congratulate you, Crystal, because Yes, congratulations. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'll, I'll share the, the quick story. Last night was Georgia Trend Magazine's 40 Under 40 celebration at the Georgia Aquarium. So I was invited there uh, for Leandria Michael, who graces the cover this month. Shout out to Leandria. She's a, a fellow Savannah State alum. Mm -hmm. And when I walked into the building, I had no idea. I saw Crystal York's name, and I was just so elated. Two people that I know who have made the Georgia Trend 40 under 40 list for 2022. It is phenomenal. I'm so just. Thank you. Yes. I, trust me, the feelings are mutual. I was in the room. I think on the way there, it hit me yeah. that I was, you know how you're going somewhere to support someone, but I was part of being celebrated. Yeah. So it was humbling, um, grateful. You know, um, just listening to the individuals on that 40 under 40. Number one, they, they showed me then, mm -hmm. keep pushing, keep striving. Right. Everyone on that list was moving the generation forward. It was so much excellence. I mean, the energy was great. Um, I'm grateful that Georgia Trend seen me as a, a bright leader that's going to lead our state, you know, yes. pushing us forward. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm still on cloud 10, if I'm being honest. <laughs> As you should be. Yes, that is a big recognition. You, you are so deserving. So congratulations to Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank and you. and in that same vein, so we have to talk about, before we dive into tonight's conversation, we have to talk about how we met one another. <laughs> so I'll start with 
Tamika. Yes. So Tamika is a member of the ATL Airport Chamber mm-hmm. and Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. We are the marketing firm of record for the ATL Airport Chamber. And one of our duties is to spotlight members of the chamber. And as soon as I came across Tamika's profile, oh. I had to reach out because you. you are, and I don't want to steal your thunder in talking about Pink STEM, but you are helping to foster and facilitate the next generation of women in technology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I just, I had, to, <laughs> I had to reach out to you. Thank you. And uh, my daughter for people that in the audience that don't know my daughter she is at Arizona State uh, University right now she's a junior shout out to my daughter Raven yes Yes. (laughs) so when I when I met Tamika I was like oh my goodness you have to meet my daughter who was also in STEM Mm -hmm. so we've kind of been attached to the hip since then uh and I and I love it so thank you for being here and for your friendship and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into the conversation, but I also want to talk about how Crystal mm-hmm. and I met. So for those who don't know, Blue Scorpion, we also are federal contractors. So we contract with the USDA mm-hmm. and we are creating a database of urban agricultural farms in the 10 county metro Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, came across Crystal at Nash Farm and I am so thankful to you Crystal because you welcomed me and my team with open arms and ever since I met you I was like I've got to connect Crystal and I've been making connections master connector master (laughs) connector master thank you can I give you your flowers now (laughs) thank you I was like oh you don't know about Crystal let me introduce you Winnie. <laughs> she sends the email. Um, I think there's some synergy there. <laughs> I think there's someone you need to meet. <laughs> I'm on it. I- <laughs> yes, and so that's how you and Crystal have met, and you all have gone on yes. on your own from there, and I love it. Oh, thank yeah. You. I'm so impressed. And thank you for that connection. Yes. We appreciate that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Thank but you. this is an important conversation because mm-hmm. I am aligned in technology mm-hmm. and agriculture. I'm not in it. Yeah. Uh, I guess you can say my profession is adjacent to. Mm-hmm. So just being on the fringes I still, I see a lot of men. I don't see a lot of women. And I feel like it's our responsibility to be able to talk about why we need to have more women in STEM. Mm -hmm. But before we dive into the conversation, for people who don't know what STEM, S-T-E-M, means, what is STEM? I can take that if you want. Okay. Uh, Yes, my name is Tamika Rayhead, and um, STEM, the acronym, is for science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, You will see STEAM for the arts, and there have been others that have been added, but that's the acronym for STEM. Okay, okay. And I... I would think just level setting that STEM is for boys and for girls. Mm -hmm. So tell us 
why do we not see as many women in STEM-related fields than men? I know that's like a loaded question, but oh, yeah. let's dive right in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I would say two key principles, right, to bridge any gap that you have, almost anything, as it relates to STEM, it's about access and exposure. Mm-hmm. So take me, for example. Um, I grew up in the great city of Thomaston, Georgia, right? So um, growing up, I did not see a lot of what you call engineers or mathematicians or geologists or scientists. I I learned about those studies in the classroom. But again, the access and exposure that I had by doing, um, I did a STEM pipeline program through Fort Valley State University. So from sixth grade to 12th grade, every single summer, um, Dr. Isaac J. Crumbly mm-hmm. exposed us. Shout out to, to C. Dub. Shout out to C. Dub. <laughs> C. Dub exposed me to mathematicians, geologists, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, and guess what? They look just like me. So he gave me access and exposure to what STEM is. But if you think about individuals that grow up in rural communities, um, individuals that grow up in schools that may not really elevate that STEM platform. If you don't have it, you don't know it. And if you don't see it, you can't believe it. Mm. I sound like a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that, that is true. so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be on a, on a T-shirt. Sure. Yes. And for you, Tamika, let, let's take a step back. Now that we know what STEM is, and you've given a, a wonderful explanation mm-hmm. as to why there is a gap how did you get started in the industry? Well, uh, my background is um, when I graduated high school, I, I did a few things, like you said, the access and exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated from Augusta, Georgia, so I had okay. access to other programs, um, but I went right into the military instead of going straight into college. Really? And in the Air Force, because of my scores, I went into air traffic control. And I didn't know what an air traffic controller was, so I went into the um, facilities, learned what they do with aviation, and then once you're around aviation, I was just sucked in. And so that's the exposure part of it. And um, after leaving air traffic control, I became a respiratory therapist while still in the military, so that's more medical exposure to more STEM fields. And then when I left the military, I um, decided I think it's time for me to start teaching and pouring back. And that was how my story ended, where I started bringing in children to work with them and give them exposure. Because I noticed when I taught the physics or I taught honors chemistry, not many young ladies were signing up for my classes. And so in the evenings, I would ask their parents, can I take them to Spelman? We would go to Georgia Tech. And we would just go from Macon um, to Atlanta on field trips on the weekends just to have different exposure. And that's how I got excited and started with STEM and it's been nothing but uphill since then. That is great. And is that mm-hmm. how you started Kink STEM? Is that how it was born? It was born, actually, um, one of my professors, he said, choose a topic. Um, I was working on my specialist degree after my master's. He said, choose a topic that means something to you for your research paper for your um, towards your dissertation. And I chose um, how to bring more minorities into STEM. Mm-hmm. And then I added girls at the end. And it went from just a action research paper to an actual business wow. and 
that's how we got started. That's, wow. That is great. Wow. Yes. And, and for you, Crystal, the Bridge Solution, mm-hmm. because you also are a founder and CEO, tell us about br- the Bridge Solution. So the Bridge Solution is a 501c3. Um, we were we started in 2019. Um, actually, in 2020, um, after losing my job during the pandemic, I made a personal decision. Um, honestly, I was burnt out. I was ready for a change, just not feeling fulfilled. Like money wasn't enough for me at that point. Um, and when I really prayed and reflect on what do I want to do, I was ready to lean into the bridge solution. Mm-hmm. So I have to go back before I can take you forward. But um, since 2008, my mom and I, we um, operated and um, supported the startups of personal care homes. Uh, day programs for the elderly and individuals with developmental disabilities and during that time so like let's say over a a 10 12 year period we focused on providing affordable housing we had to help operators manage a healthy balanced diet Um, again on a budget which is tough healthy food on a budget was very tough for most operators and then lastly the training of their staff we also support it. So those three elements, affordable housing, access to healthy foods, and workforce training became the three pillars of the bridge solution from a nonprofit standpoint right. to, again, increase, increase much more awareness and exposure around these are the disparities mm-hmm. that vulnerable populations face generationally. Right. But what I was seeing is we talk about these things, but I was not seeing real solutions. So going back to 2020, it really came down to what do I want to do? I'm ready to bridge gaps. Mm-hmm. I was seeing things I had never seen. I was going in stores and there was no food, right? Mm-hmm. That was my first time leaving a six-figure income and saying, I don't want to work anymore. And if I and when I am working, I don't want to pay more than 30% of my, my check that I'm getting every two weeks on affordable housing in order for my boys to go to a a safe school. Mm -hmm. So like real life opportunities that I've heard people talk about for decades, but no real hardcore solutions that was again, accessible for all people. That's the foundation of the bridge solution. I love it. That's excellent. And the beauty of what both of you all do are the industries that we touch technology, Mm -hmm. agriculture, Mm -hmm. and as agriculture continues to advance, of course, technology is at the nucleus yes. of that. And and you all both have said significant things um, that I want to touch on. Um, before we do that, though, I'd be remiss if we didn't take a walk down memory lane. Because before we got on to the podcast, both you, Tamika, were, was talking about how Morris Brown is interwoven Mm -hmm. into your family Mm -hmm. and crystal you had an incredible story that i didn't even know (laughs) of that you were once a student here so um i want to get back to some of the points that you all have made but i'd be remiss if we didn't touch on some of the uh other parts of of this story so tamika uh tell us about your your dad and his (laughs) connection to morris brown Yes, my dad 
Todd Green, shout out. <laughs> he played basketball here, and um, he carries the photo of when he was in the paper, when he <laughs> was here at Morris Brown. And, um, yes, yeah, so now he, he is still um, out working here in Atlanta. But I just wanted to share that he loves this school, and he still wears all the uh, paraphernalia, and uh, I'm so happy to be here. That's good. That's so, good. So for me, um, oh wow, this is a this is a funny. I, I have to call it a funny story because I, as I as I was sharing before we started the podcast, when you make a plan and you want to make God laugh, what how's the saying go? You want to make God laugh? Tell him what your plan is. Yeah, it'll go the opposite. It goes the opposite, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, so for me personally, um, when I graduated, getting ready to graduate from Upsonley High School, um, I was ready for honestly a black experience. Mm. So through research, once I found out that Morris Brown was, again, founded by a black man for black people, I was captivated, you know. Um, I was a strong dancer, you know, in high school. So I was I had went to a, um, a, a, a camp here at Morris Brown to become a bubbling brown sugar, okay. Um, and then through that CDEP pipeline, mm-hmm. that, that STEM program, I was pretty much dead set that I wanted to do a dual degree program. So, lo and behold, I felt like alignment was there. Morris Brown, I became a presidential scholar. You know, I was going to do a dual degree program three years here, two years at Georgia Tech. Life was going to be good, okay? Um, So, myself, um, shout out to Takira, Shakira, um, Nikki, all four of us graduated in 02, came to Morris Brown. Everything I just called out to you guys, none of that happened, okay? <laughs> so, number one, did not become a bubbling brown sugar because they told me as a presidential scholar I was not going to be able to keep up with the rigor mm-hmm. of being in the marching band. So, I became a chillier here for Morris Brown. Great experience. And I joined SGA. Second to that, in 02 was the year that Morris Brown lost their accreditation. So, unfortunately, we did an accelerated program Um our last semester here, um, look, staying at the towers, the towers doesn't even exist anymore. And I think we wrapped up school in March. I thought my life was over again. I'm a freshman, right? Wrapping up my freshman year. And I had to figure out what else I was going to do with my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I can honestly say that the pride of Morris Brown was here to the, to the last days of us being on this campus. But from there, I end up transitioning to Mercer University School of Engineering, and that's where I graduated. But um, like I said, that experience built character, and it still gave me a taste of what true pride is yes. of a school. So yes. for me to sit here in the station tonight at Morris Brown College and seeing them revive, mm. it's a whole vibe. I'm so grateful to see this full circle that they are under. I, I'm, I'm going to say they're under construction to come back stronger than ever. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And and I'm sure that the students and the alum uh, would be so proud that you have come full circle and are as successful as you are yes. uh, having started here yes. in the beginning. Yes. They gave me a great foundation. They gave me a great, I mean, the professors were great. It was, like I said, the spirit and the pride. You, you can't, it's unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's nothing like HBCUs. <laughs> yes. So shout out to the HBCUs. Yay. Yes. Now, Tamika, when you were talking about your master's uh, journey and you writing your dissertation and you talked about uh, the, the gaps that exist 
uh, for minorities getting into technology. Talk a little bit more about that. I, and I wanted to pause because you all both talked about your entry into the industry through uh, Fort Valley, their mm -hmm. program in HBCU. So what are some of the barriers uh, that we face as minorities getting into STEM? Uh, well, I can start by saying one of the barriers that we saw with research is having that support system. And that's something that we can do at home as families is support our children. And um, even if it's a sibling or a family member that you know has gone off to college, they may get there. But then once they reach the rigor, new situations where their family's not there to support them, then that's when they stop attending classes or that's when they choose a, a, a less rigorous course load. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we lose some of our scholars once they get to school. And so I did hear that you went off to college with three of your friends. Mm -hmm. That's important. Okay. To choose a group that you would like to go off to school with, that way you all can have your own close-knit support system. You all can help each other while you're there. And, um, you know, just, hey, did you go to class today? What did you learn? You need some help? That's what we need. And, and we need to have like-minded individuals around us, mm -hmm. those okay. who have the same aspirations as us. Yes. And that's important. Okay. Um, accountability partners. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's the yes. best word for that, accountability okay. partners. And um, that, was, that was what I would say was the main barrier would be. Um, another barrier is lack of mentors. Um, I, f I find myself, um, one of my college students, is she's attending Emory-Riddle, and um, she's going to school for aerospace engineering. And so she's in need of a black female aerospace engineer mentor. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding it hard for me to find a black aerospace engineering mentor for her that can dedicate the time that she needs to talk to her about classes, to talk to her about um, this is how you would go about this way and that way. So that's something else that we need. We need to have strong mentors. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the field, it's you got to always give back. And, and yes. that's important. Now, I have a question for you before you move on to the third thing. Is it that there is a lack of women aerospace engineers or is the job in and of itself so commanding that it does not allow for the time to give back? I wouldn't say that there's a lack because now times have changed where there are yeah. there are. Um, more women engineers okay. and they are in the fields is just having access mm -hmm. to those women are you know being able to like you said the job may be demanding or their life at home may be so demanding mm -hmm. with trying to balance and juggle life at home with children significant others and then we also have to mentor mm -hmm. and then we have to do a good job on yeah. our on our actual paying jobs that's a lot that women go through every day that sometimes we're not recognized for. Mm -hmm. And we still have to give 1,000%. Right. Not 100%. <laughs> not 100. Add a zero. If 1,000% even existed, that's what we give mm -hmm. and until sometimes our cup runs dry. Mm -hmm. And so um, that can be a barrier as well. Um, for the third barrier, barrier that I can think of, Hmm, I probably have to give that a little more thought um, because I have to think back to my research that we did years back. Mm -hmm. But I do know that um, mentors and I know that um, having access is, is very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, 
I really want to hone in on on the mentors, but we'll we'll come back to that. The bridge solution. Mm-hmm. Your role is so important because again, it touches agriculture and technology. Yes. So, talk more about the agricultural component of the bridge solution. And I don't even think that we've even touched on Nash Farm. We have not. Yes. We have not. So, um, so shout out to Commissioner D. Clemens. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared the vision uh, with Commissioner Clemens around the need. So after doing research, right, this is, this is 2020. I'm sorry. I have to go back in order to go yeah. forward so you can know where I'm coming go from, ahead. right? Um, but during that 2020 time period, I read a book called The First Hundred Years of Negro History by Mr. James McGill. So Mr. James McGill is from Upson County. And so this is the first hundred years of Negro history in Upson County, where three generations, my family come from, born and raised, right? Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I said, number one, why am I reading this book at what? How old was I then? What thirty six years old? Mm-hmm. Why didn't I read? When, why didn't I learn this in my social studies class right. growing up in this town? Okay, right. I was so captivated by the power. You hear me? That was true power. And an, an economic stability and health that African Americans had post Civil War. You hear me? With the power of land and agriculture. Mm-hmm. I was captivated. You hear me? Yeah. After I put down that book, keep in mind, I had already addressed that there is a disparity when it comes down to access to nutritionally dense food. Mm-hmm. We walk around with high blood pressure, okay, um, diabetes, yes. heart disease because of the food that we eat. Okay, of what we're intaking. So that was already pressing on me on top of the fact that I was going into a grocery store and there was no food. Right. During the pandemic. During the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So this is all that's the that's the foundation. And then on top of that, I had the time Mm -hmm. to read this book and I'm captivated seeing like, wow, this is where I come from. Right. And and the fact that we're down to less than one percent of African-Americans are now farmers. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a gap that needed to be bridged as well. So when I fast forward, I had um, access to probably a half an acre of land mm-hmm. um, in Upson County, and I was looking to say, how can I really <clears throat> revamp this land and farm it? It was only a half an acre, so I Google how how can what's the best way to optimize a half of acre of land, and that's when I came across hydroponics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and with hydroponics, as I did more and more research, I found that, again, that half of acre of land can produce four times of what a standard acre standard acre can, can produce without any soil, right? Mm-hmm. Growing vertically, horizontally. Um, but from there, I, I end up becoming a member of Georgia Grown. Look, I became a researcher, mm-hmm. major researcher. Um, I, I, I joined, um, became a member of Georgia Grown. They were, in turn, able to connect me with other hydroponic and aquaponic mm-hmm. um, operators here in the state of Georgia. They took it a step further and connected me with the consulate um, of the Netherlands, who the Netherlands have been doing um, indoor farming for centuries, mm-hmm. right? They're the size of Texas, but they export out just as many goods as the U.S. But long story short, after going, visiting probably about six different operations, I said, oh, wow, aquaponics will be the bridge solution 
to how we can get access to nutritionally dense food. So again, shared that vision with Commissioner Clemens and believe it or not, she ended up pulling up a video from like 2014, 2015. This woman had the same vision that I did. <laughs> and I was like, at this point, my goal is to build an indoor greenhouse and then I needed one acre to build this indoor greenhouse. And then I needed one more acre to build a STEM center. Mm -hmm. Again, I wanted a safe place for people to be able to drop off their kids. Um, we're teaching math, science, hey, exposure to people that look just like them and these STEM um, um, disciplines. And she said, I have something better for you. I want you to consider Nash Farm. It's a 200 acre historical farm where one of the last Civil War battles was fought. And the land has laid vacant for years. Mm -hmm. So she provided me, again, a foundation to create and birth this vision. Um, so as of, to, uh, as of this year, uh, we've been blessed to start the first community fishing program um, that Henry County has had, partnering with Dick Sporting Goods, uh, DNR, Atlanta Tightline Bass Club, um, Walmart, Wounded Warrior Projects. I mean, it's, it's, it's been phenomenal to see what collaboration looks mm -hmm. like. And again, feeding off of the land. We're teaching kids how to fish. So if there, God forbid, is ever a pandemic, okay, they know how to eat. Right. You teach a man to fish, okay? And then going over to the, uh, the agriculture piece, um, we're going to be building our first pilot aquaponics system. Mm -hmm. um, on November 19th, we were awarded a grant through Morehouse College, and we're partnering with Fort Valley State University. Um, and we'll be piloting um, farming our own fish, shrimp, and growing all of our own leafy greens, creating power salads. Um, the best news is we're creating jobs. Right. Yes. We're creating STEM-based, high-paying jobs that are respectable. You yes. hear me? Um, and, and teaching the next generation how to feed themselves, right? Um, feeding the community. And, and I, my, goal, my goal is, hey, the disparities that we're seeing from a health standpoint are at least reduced or eliminated because so, we're going to teach others how to do it with, as well. I love it. And you know what? As a sidebar to this conversation that we're having, the aspirations that you all have, the dreams that you all have that are now coming to fruition, mm. talk about the power of, you may not call it manifestation, but that is truly mm -hmm. what it is and how that relates to how girls can achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve just by the sheer thought of mm -hmm. dreaming it and being able to achieve it. So, Tamika. Well, the exposure of what we do at Pink STEM, just exposing our students to different, we, we expose them to different aspects of everything. So um, whether we're teaching them circuits through electrical engineering, or if we're doing the aquaponics and mm -hmm. hydroponics, we've done those as well, or even beekeeping, we discussed that. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that we teach them, they can learn, oh, I really like this, and this may be an avenue that I want to research more, because now children of today have everything at their fingertips. Mm -hmm. So if they really like a topic, they'll go home and they will do further research, and then they will go off from there. So we like to do the exposure of everything, and then we like to um, guide them once they've already chosen which pathway they, they desire. And so 
that's what I would like to say for parents and for people who are looking for resources and things that they can do. Just look at on the weekends, there are different activities that you can put your child in. There's different events that you can expose your child to. That is what we have to do just con- to continue to expose our children. Okay. Mm-hmm. I-, I love that. I do too. Yes. I do too. I do too. Um, for me, so your question was, how do you um, – kind of relating it to the mani- manifesting yes. what your what your vision and goals are. Right. Um, and especially for, for women and young girls. Yeah, for the little girls. For the little there. girls. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say write it down and make it plain. So just say, hey, I'm Crystal York, and I am 10 years old, and I know I want to be a, a, a heart surgeon. I'm going to tell my 10-year-old self, or I hope my mom would tell me, write that goal down and then it then it becomes hey my two favorite words access and exposure Mm -hmm. right i remember literally i remember being eight nine years old at that point i wanted to be a lawyer okay but my parents seemed fit to take me to a lawyer camp (laughs) believe it or not at mercer university right at a super young age exposing me right so after writing those goals down right or creating a fun vision board I, mm-hmm. I think it, I think that's a great way for for young kids to actually see what they want to become. Keep it in front of them. Talk to them about it, right? Align them with an accountability partner or a mentor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and, and they continue to look at it. Because Crystal, as an adult woman, after I write it down, I pray on it, now it's time to go to work. That's yeah. right. Now it's time to go to work. And then, but as a little person, is writing it down and then providing them exposure and access to that thing that they want to achieve so that they can know how hard it is. Mm -hmm. They can know um, whether or not they're going to be the only person that may look like them. They can know that they're going to have to travel 2,000 miles away if they really want to study that, you know, whatever that subject may be. But I think think it comes down to writing it down, right, and then keeping that goal or that vision in front of them so that they can get closer and closer to it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, every week we have a, a portion of our segment that we call Story Time. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of our program where we like to hear successful stories from the work that our guests have done. So we would love to hear successful stories, a successful story from you each, from someone that you have touched who then has mm-hmm. gone on to be successful. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you're thinking about it, Tamika. So while you think about it, Crystal, Share with us. Um, oh, wow. That's a good question. <laughs> Too bad you didn't filter these questions to me beforehand. Um, put you on the spot there. You put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. That's awesome. I would say the most successful person that I feel as though that I've had the most impact on um, at this point in my life would be my nephew, Jalen Holmes. Okay. Um, so, I, I, hey, I'm, I was 15 when Jalen was born, right? Um, we spent a ton of time together, right? So he's seen me in my element. He's seen me cross Delta Sigma Theta. He came to the, um, he came to Mercer. Hey, he came here to Morris Brown. So he's seen me in so many elements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not realize how much I was shaping, right, and influencing this young mind, right? right? This is like my first child, okay? Um, but Jalen. Uh, went on to uh, graduate from high school. Um, a lot of the activities that I did in high school, he did SGA, all of the things mm-hmm. that we were talking about, being a leader on campus. 
and then went off to LSU, and now he is studying uh, civil engineering. He's an engineer. He's an engineer. Oh. So through that influence of he of him seeing my path, I have now influenced him to take it to the next level. I always tell him. It, it, you got to keep pushing the generation forward. So I would definitely say someone close to me, seeing my story, seeing my struggles, right? But continuing to take it to the next level and, and drive that STEM focus that we absolutely love to the next level. I love it. Yes. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. Yes. What about you, Tamika? I, the reason I was trying to think is because I have so many success stories from my young girls That's over wonderful. the years, wow. and I don't want to leave out yeah. <laughs> one from the other, but um, I can think of two of them um, that comes to mind. One of them, Danielle Mathis, she came to me when I first started Pink STEM um, in Macon, and uh, she was going to Georgia Tech at the time. She was studying biomedical engineering. And she asked me if she could volunteer with my program. And over the years, we volunteered together. And then I started to bring my students to Georgia Tech. And she would have all her black um, Nesby friends. They would all come together and work with our students. And then after she graduated, she said, well, Ms. Ray, I was Ms. Ray at the time. She said, Ms. Ray, I think I want to start my own STEM program. And I said, well, you go, girl. You do that. And she started her own STEM program at Georgia Tech. She got it chartered at Georgia Tech. Now she's an engineer at Delta. And she now brings back my daughter as a part of her program. And she's mentoring my daughter, who's a junior. And um, she also brings up some of our other students over the years. So just to see her success story of when she was in high school, from when I met her to now she's an engineer in her field and now she has taken all of the training, all of the things that we've done and she's taken her career field to the next level. And um, the other young lady is Kiara Davis. Um, She met me when I was a teacher as well and she had just graduated Clark Atlanta and she said, well, I I don't know what my next steps are. And so I mentored and talked to her and she ended up going to Alabama A&M, getting her graduate. Then she called me, she said, okay, now I have my graduate degree, what next? I said, well, do you want to do PhD? Do you want to go into the field? She said, I think I'm going to um, go for my PhD. I said, go for it. And um, I had a friend that worked at NASA, and I said, can you come to NASA in Huntsville, since you're already up there at Alabama A&M, can you come visit with me to the um, to the NASA there? I just want you to come. She said, I'm not sure about NASA. I said, just come on over there. So we went, we toured, we talked to some of the um, engineers there, and then not too long after graduating from Alabama A&M, she got accepted to the um, University of Florida, go Gators, mm-hmm. and she's working on her PhD in microbiology, and guess what? She works for NASA. She sends... <laughs> She sends her research up to the scientists for, um, she works on the streptococcus virus, and she sends her research back and forth to the astronauts in space. And when I tell you, for, she, she just she, she just texted me not too long ago, and she said, I have my um, candidacy now, so now she's a candidate for her PhD, so wow. she's almost there. And when I say, it may take about seven or eight years, but <laughs> these young ladies are just so, they just... Oh, so yeah. much to me but is that not the power of access and that exposure is. it's it full is. circle it's connections it is. and when they call and text me 
Um, like even with Raven, I met your daughter and I spoke to her and I was like, you're at Arizona State? I said, I know someone that just graduated from Arizona State. And it's just about making those connections and just helping, you know, we don't know everyone, but we may know someone that knows someone. And so that's how, that's how it is. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And and I'm so appreciative that you spent the time with my daughter because that was one of the major concerns that she had was who else can I be connected to so that I can stay in the game? So to your point, it's so important for us to be able to see people who look like us who Mm -hmm. are in the industry doing it because that's, that can be half the battle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you also, Crystal, said something that's very important that I would like for you both to speak on. But you have a phrase that you've coined, moving the next generation forward. Mm-hmm. What does that mean and why is that important in our community? So moving the gen- the next generation forward means, again, historically, there are a long list of disparities that we are up against, right? Yes. And moving forward means not all are gonna be bridged at the same time, whether it is housing, whether it's our health, whether it's financial, right? Um, whether it's true freedom and liberation of us knowing who we are and where we come from. Not all will be bridged all at once, but if all of us take small incremental steps, right? And believe it or not, we have to come together. As, you have to come together. It, it takes more than one. You got to touch and agree with more than one person to do it. We began moving the next generation forward, right? Yes. We, we're leaving this earth a little bit better than where we started, bridging those gaps, right? So the more we can be problem solvers, right? Not problem complainers, but problem solvers, and, and come together. Two or more. I'll take two or more. On the same mission, we began moving the generation forward. I love it. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, Tamika, and I I wanted to really hone in on that mentorship. I know that when you mention professionals, they have, they're wearing so many different hats. Is there an er area of opportunity for college students who are currently on the path to their career to also give back to the little girls or would that be too much of an ask? Absolutely. Uh, So I also have a STEM center in Warner Robins and we're partnered with DOD STEM with the U.S. Air Force. That's great. And so um, what we do is we bring college students in. I have an intern who's a computer science intern from Kennesaw and she comes in about two or three days weekly and she just teaches Um, drones which we Uh talked about Uh because that's also in agriculture Um, she teaches drones she teaches um, basic how to build a website basic skills that's that's kind of how um, what you do as well but on a lower level but um, so those are the types of things that our our college students can do to give back but also to build their resume Uh because when my college students started to graduate from their field I was noticing that they were going to work at jobs that weren't in their field, that that did not have their degree. And so I started to ask them, what can we do to bridge that gap of when you graduate and have a degree in biology, but you're working a corporate job at GEICO, something that's local and it's not um, in your field. And so um, some some of the corporate companies that I partner with, they let me know that it's the soft skills, it's the resume that's not built up. And so I knew 
that that was something that I needed to work on. And so for the last eight years, I built a workforce development company and I started bidding on government contracts as well. So when you said that, I was like, yes, I know exactly how the pain of that is. And so with me being a service disabled veteran and, and all of those and my husband, we're in the hub zone. So I said, let's take what we already do. My husband doing electrical engineering. I taught physics, which is all the same wow. thing, you know, and I have students that come to a center. Let's just start to make this one simple streamlined, and that's what we did. And when our students graduate, we talk to our corporate companies, we get them internships, and they get them jobs. I love it. So that's what we had to start doing. We have to provide that pipeline for our people. Yes. And, um, and if we don't have the access to provide that pipeline, make that network connection. Mm-hmm. Make that network connection. Absolutely. I love it. I do too. For our, for, for those in, in the audience who are so inspired by what you do and your story and your journey to get to this place, what can we as members of the community do to help further your goals? So for me, I will, um, I would definitely say um, the Bridge Solution is on Facebook. We now have a Facebook presence. Yay! Yay! I'm, I'm slowly incrementing into Facebook. Okay, I'm, I'm usually into a book, but not Facebook. Okay. Um, so we're on Facebook. It's not where, the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. But I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. I, I now have a mission. Yes. Okay. I now have a mission. So I'm, I'm into it, and I want the people involved. But um, find us on Facebook. Um, as I shared before, there we, we offer plenty of opportunities for you to have exposure to the work that the Bridge Solution is doing, exposure to the things that I'm doing um, on our Facebook page. Um, if you want to volunteer, if you want to learn more, um, if you want to bring your kids out, yes. all opportunities. So follow us on the Bridge Solution um, on our Facebook page. That would be the optimum. I'm also on LinkedIn, Crystal York. Um, you can follow me there as well. And same for me, um, everything is on our website, pinkstem.org, as well as um, Instagram. I'm starting to get back into it, but um, Instagram, LinkedIn, as well as uh, we have a Facebook presence for Pink STEM, as well as for the Stimulate Your Mind Academy, which is our center in Warner Robins. So. Amazing work that you Thank all you. are doing, ladies, and just so full my heart is full that you all are here. This is something that I have envisioned for quite some time mm-hmm. since connecting the two of you. Thank you. Uh, I, I just had this vision that I had to have you both on at the same time so that we could talk about how we get more women into STEM. And I, I really have enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much for being here. And when you both have events and or updates respectively, uh, for Pink STEM and for the Bridge Solution, please let me know so that we can have you back on to our program so that we can talk about it and share it with our audience. Awesome. And thank I, you. Yes, I want to thank you as well. We appreciate uh, this platform. It yes. means so much to us. Absolutely. Yes. So feel free to come back anytime. Yes. And for those who do not know about Blue Scorpion Reputation Management, please visit us online at bluescorpionrm.com. Before we wrap up tonight's episode, want to let people out there know that coming up for 2023, we will be offering endorsements and commercials during our program. So if you are interested, please feel free to reach out to us, Kimberly at bluescorpionrm.com 
for your very own <laughs> commercial and or endorsement to be played during our program starting in 2023. Well, that does it for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week and have a great night. 